just going to speak into a few things that I'm just feeling right now. Um, it's funny, I came out here and it's been one of those days, it's just been kind of a one crazy thing after another and just, and it reminded me, I came out and I was like, Lord, I'm not even prepared. I don't know, what are we going to do? Like, how are you going to, what are you going to move? If I'm not prepared, how are you going to move? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think the Lord just kind of laughs with us sometimes. And uh, it just reminded me of the story of Daniel Kalinda was telling. And um, this is a guy who goes around and does crusades all over the world. And he was doing this crusade in Africa. And there's about a half million people that were there. And, uh, and he had flown in and gone back to the hotel and he was going to prepare his heart and get ready before the Lord and he fell asleep <laughs> and he got a knock on the door and they're like Pastor Daniel you're late <laughs> and he woke up and got ready as fast as he could and jumped in the car and they rushed him over there and and he's like Lord I'm not ready and and uh and he just, he said, he heard the Lord say, he goes, Daniel, I can move in spite of you. And uh, he got to this massive conference, half a million people there, and he's sitting back with another guy who was a speaker with him, and, and they were just doing the announcements. And, and uh, so somebody else was up doing the announcements, and and as he's doing the announcements, all of a sudden, over in one area, there's just these screams that went up, and, and there's my phone. And uh, <laughs> that's the day it's been. <laughs> my phone never rings. I always have it on mute. Um, so, so, uh, so Daniel's sitting down. The guy's doing the announcements. There's a scream going on over here uh, with this group. And all of a sudden, this uh, wheelchair gets thrown up in the air. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, there's another scream over here. And, and uh, these, uh, they throw up like the, the crutches uh, in the air. And this is during announcements. And he's sitting back here. And all of a sudden, he's like, he knows what's going on. God's beginning to move. And what's happening is there's people that are, starting to they're getting healed and uh and he leans over to the guy and he, he goes i've never seen god this, do this during the announcements <laughs> and before they knew it the entire place there were screams all across i mean imagine half a million people five hundred thousand people in this like open air kind of just field where they had set this up with lights and everything and and all across the place um, there were healings happening. People were screaming, and you're just like, it would be an explosion over here and an explosion over there. And the guy who was on the, uh, uh, who was doing the announcements just kind of stopped, and he turns around and looks at Daniel, and, and Daniel's like, I don't know what to do. And they just sat there, and, and Daniel said, he goes, like the fear of the Lord came on him, because it's like, don't ever get in the way of what the Lord is doing and try to think that you need to play your part in this. And so, so good. 
I don't know why I'm sharing that other than I think I just it's that reminder that that I mean the Lord uses us, no question. He uses each one of us that we're there's things that we're called to and uh, but sometimes we get a little high on ourselves and think that we're we're so important for God to move and uh, he'll move in spite of us. He's so good. He loves us that much that he'll move in spite of us. <laughs> uh, so I just, I'm going to just share just a few things and I don't know, then I think we'll go into prayer. Marcus, just whatever you got or if you got something just to add into this. Um, but I felt like there's some things here just to, to touch on. I was in this the other day. Um, I feel like there's a lot of fear right now and it, in the church. Uh, and it's just something that we need to address in our hearts. And if we don't address it, it, it is, it's going to affect us. Uh, God's still going to do what he's going to do. Uh, but he's looking for a people that are not fearful. And I don't know why. I wasn't planning to go here at all tonight. I just, um, <laughs> but I just felt this, like, weight of, of fear. Um, I think of just everything going on. And it may be an underlying fear. may not even realize it. Uh, but it, there's, it creates just an anxiousness in us. And, and what it does is it can actually take us out of alignment with what the Lord's plan is for our lives. Uh, when we step into fear, it actually moves us out of a place of faith. Uh, when we step into faith, it moves us out of that place of fear because faith is not what we see. Uh, it's, it's knowing who our God is in spite of what we see and always inquiring of the Lord. And there's a... Uh, so two things. In, in Samuel... Second uh, Samuel, there's this, I was talking to Sharon about this the other day. We were talking about this in the prayer room. The Lord just reminded me of it and felt like I just needed to quickly at least address it. And, um, but this is David, and uh, it's right, right when he had become king, and, and he's, he's anointed king over Israel, and the Philistines don't really like that. Um, they know who David is. Uh, He's been kind of a, a pain to him at times and when he wiped out Goliath and then took out the Philistines and um, he was on their side for a while. And then, uh, but they, they saw the hand of the Lord upon his life. And so they were like, well, we need to, we need to go after this guy. Um, so they go down. It says that this is in 2 Samuel 5 and it says they go down. Uh, they come out and they spread out in the valley of Rip him, or however you say it, I don't know. Um, and so what happens is, and David's, David's now experienced in the Lord. He's, there is a, if you read my email today, there's, there's been a refining in his life, a major refining in his life. And so he's at this place where he has such a trust in the Lord. He doesn't come into fear. All he does is he just inquires of the Lord, just says, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to do? And uh, he says this, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you, ha will you hand them over to me? Uh, and the Lord says, Go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. 
And so they go up, they attack, and the Philistines are handed over to him. But the thing was, is he inquired of the Lord. He didn't just go, didn't make an assumption, didn't think he had it figured out. He just trusted, he trusted the Lord, but inquired of him, heard his voice, and then moved. Well, here's the crazy part. Right after that, the next verse, it says, once more, the Philistines came, and they spread out in the valley of Ripium. Same place. Same thing happened again. And, uh, and this is where I feel like we also can miss it, is that we, we've just experienced a great move of the Lord. God's done something awesome. And uh, we heard his voice, and we moved in it. And, uh, and then the second round, though, what, what happens is this is that we get kind of stuck in the, in the tradition, becomes a tradition quickly. Um, and we're like, well, it worked last time. Uh, I'm just going to do it the same way. And, and luckily, David, he was a little more experienced, and so he, he did this the right way. Um, I think he learned probably from Joshua uh, when they did not inquire of the Lord and, uh, and with the Gibeonites, if you know that story, and they ended up making a treaty with them, and they became a thorn in their side for years because they did not ask the Lord. They, it all made sense in their mind, and so they went and they did what they thought was right. But here in this second time, so this, the exact same thing happens, word for word. And luckily, or not luckily, by the grace of God, David inquires of the Lord again. And the Lord says something completely different. He says, no, do not go up. He says, but, uh, he said, do not go straight up, but circle around them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. And as soon as you hear the sound of marching on top of the balsam trees move quickly because that will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. And so the Lord, so David did as the Lord commanded. He struck down the Philistines. And, uh, but there's something in that is that on this second round, he inquired of the Lord and then the Lord said, look, when you hear this sound, move quickly. Don't question things, just move. And, but that means you have to have an ear to hear. And this is the other thing I feel like the Lord's saying in, in this season that we're in. We're kind of in round two right now. Uh, we've done it one way. It's been really good. It's worked out. But the Lord's requiring us to do things a different way. And there's, we need to have an ear to hear in this season for what the Lord is doing. And then we need to move quickly. We haven't done this before. We haven't done it this way. It's a new thing, but we're inquiring of the Lord, and then we're moving according to, to His plan. Uh, and, it, and, it, and I know we go, well, that's easy, but when you've just done it another way, and it's worked just great, it's a, it's a lot harder than you think to try to do something a completely new way when you're like, ah, but I know this works. <laughs> I've done it and I've been there. And I just feel that caution of the Lord in this season that it's just everything that we're moving into is new. Amen. We're moving into a completely new season. And the Lord's actually requiring us to put that trust in Him completely and to listen so closely that when we go to the balsam trees, when we hear, when we hear that sound of marching, then we move out quickly. We move according to the, His sound 
and then he begins to do the work. And it says that the Lord actually went out in front of them. He did the work. They had to do their small part. But this is that place of faith that we have. We, we walk by faith. The righteous live by faith. We're to be those in this season that are the righteous ones. And righteousness requires a life of faith living that where fear cannot come in. So first off, we do not shrink back, but we also have to inquire of the Lord and listen so closely in this season. And there's, there are assignments that the Lord has for us. I was, um, last week, Sandy and Sarah came up here and, and shared. I'm going to have them come up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sandy's like, ah, <laughs> just teasing. Um, but I, I love how the Lord is doing this. And, uh, and there are new assignments that are being, over the past two weeks, I would say, I'm not going to say a number. There are a, a lot of people that I've talked to where all of a sudden they're like, oh, the Lord's calling me into something. He's calling me into something new. And, uh, and it's beginning to like just hit like all over the place, which is beautiful. I love it. And I also would say, um, in my email I even said this, like, I don't have it. I don't, the Lord hasn't given me a new assignment. So if you're like, well, I don't have a new assignment, that's okay. <laughs> uh, maybe you're in the right place, right, already. You're in the assignment you have, or maybe it just it, it isn't quite time yet for the, for the next assignment. This is that place where don't get stuck in the things that we're doing, but when, when the Lord tells us what we're to do, we stay in that assignment, we move according to that plan, but we're always listening. And we're waiting. And, and if he says, okay, make the shift, you're going to do something different, this is where we, we, need to, we, need, we need to be able to quickly make that shift. That this isn't, well, let me just finish what I'm doing, Lord, and then, I, then, I'll, then I'll do that. This is that, no, when we hear the Lord, when he's moving, we need to make a shift. When he says, this is the way, walk in it, as it says in Isaiah 30, it's time to make the shift, and we need to make it quickly. And we're in a time right now where we don't, I feel like in past seasons and going years back, I just feel like the Lord's been more, um, what's the word? There's just been more grace to, uh, to kind of miss things. And, uh, but we're moving into this season where things are accelerating at such a fast pace that we, there's not as much grace in a sense to, uh, to miss things. It's like you're going to miss the train. Uh, we need to hear his voice in this season. We need to stay so close to him in these times. And uh, and it's not like he's just, he's not going, hey, John, I hope, I hope you hear me. Oh, you missed it. Too bad. No, he's, he's doing everything he can, I believe, that we're going to hear his voice. But when we hear it, we need to walk in it. We need to walk in that faith. And this is this, so there are new assignments that he's calling us into. And then what the Lord was showing me today and what I, uh, what I was just writing about is this, that there is a refining that he does. Every time the Lord gives a new assignment, it is an upgrade in the kingdom. It is, a, it is better than the thing that you were doing before. It's always more amazing, uh, <laughs> but it's also more scary. <laughs> Because it's, it's something that's, it's, it's that next step that he's bringing you into. Uh, and so a lot of times it does require kind of a 
a, a refining, a greater refining. I was talking to Dan about this, and I was saying, we, I don't believe we ever kind of hit that like perfect purity in our heart while we're on this earth. There's always seems to be something that, that pops up. Uh, but we are, we are going after holiness. We're going after that righteousness. Yes, we are righteous, but then there's a pursuit of righteousness. There's that pursuit of holiness to be, as we behold him, again, we become like him, right? And so we're in this pursuit of righteousness. And, and this is that, as we get that upgrade, he requires that greater purity in our hearts. And there's so many, so many examples. Um, I was just real quickly, like you got David, he gets the assignment to be the king. But he goes through 15 years, 14, 15 years uh, before he actually is anointed as king. And in that time, it's difficult. Like he's, he's hiding out in caves. He's making, I mean, it's, it's not like the Lord's just kind of like keeping him over here protected. And, you know, and then all of a sudden he steps into kingship. No, he's actually going through a refining time. And then even after he becomes king of Judah, it's another seven years before he becomes king of Israel and, and establishes the kingdom. And why is that? It's by the, God's grace that what he's doing is he's refining our hearts and he's setting us through those experiences and through those things. He's giving us the grace to actually be able to step into the fullness of the assignment that he has for us. But it takes that burning off of things. It takes the release of things. And I think... The more painful it is, is the, the harder that we hold on to things. The more we hold on to the things of this world, um, it can get real painful. I think if we hold things loosely, um, it's, it's a much better way to go. Uh, you got Joseph is another one where he gets an amazing assignment at a young age. He gets this dream and, you know, about the, uh, everyone bowing before him. Um, didn't have a lot of wisdom in that time to tell his older brothers how they were all going to bow before him. They didn't seem to like that very much. Uh, but that was the assignment. But again, it took 14 years before, 13, 14 years before he was actually able to step into that place where in a moment's time he went from prison to being second in command under Pharaoh, under the, the, the largest or the most powerful nation in the world. Uh, and it happened a lot of times, again, the Lord does things in the suddenlies. But for 14 years, he went through a period of refinement. Um, you, got, you got Abraham, same kind of thing. He, 25 years, he gets the assignment, and it's 25 years. Now, I do not believe that, that for us, I'm praying, like if I get an assignment, I really don't. I'm like, Lord, let it not be 25 years <laughs> before I step into it. I think the length of time is, is not like a, it's not a, it's not a chronos time. It's a kairos time. And it's, it's how quickly we get into that alignment uh, for, for him to do what he wants to do in that place of purity so that we're prepared to step into the assignment that the Lord has for us. But there are amazing assignments that he has. And and I, I want to clarify this, too, that a lot of times I hear people talk about, oh, I've got this assignment. This is what I feel like the Lord has me do. And, and, and in my heart, I'm like, ah, just pray about it. Because a lot of times those assignments are things that, that you can do on your own. You don't even really need the Lord. Um, God has amazing things for us to do. 
The Lord has, he created us to go way beyond our own capabilities. He created us that, that he would put his Holy Spirit in us. And this is that, the grace that he gives us to operate outside of our own abilities and capacity, that we can do things that are supernatural, not just natural. And, and that's the place he wants us actually to live out of. And especially in these times, that we get so, and here's the problem, is we get so sucked into the things of this world that we can't get our eyes up here and they're stuck down here looking at all these things. And I am, I'm number one right here with you. I feel like I get so caught up, even throughout the week, I'm just like, I'm, I feel like it's whack-a-mole. And then, and then every once in a while I look up, I'm like, Lord, help. <laughs> and then I'm back to pounding things out. He's like, get your eyes off of these things and on me. Inquire of the Lord. Listen to me and move with me. And let me be the, be the one that is actually leading you, guiding you by my spirit. This is what we're called into in this season. I, I, I've seen even Jesus in the three years. It said he had to actually go through that suffering of obedience to come into that perfect place. To be the one that actually was the perfect sacrifice. He had the assignment, but there was still a refinement. He didn't sin. But there was a refinement. Talks about it in Hebrews 5. You can go and check it out. Um, and then you, one of the, probably the worst ones is the, the Israelites. They're a, they get the assignment uh, with Moses that, hey, you get the promised land. And they had an opportunity to step into it a lot earlier. They didn't. Uh, what happens is, you know, they get the 12 spies and 10 of them are in fear. Only two of them, only... Uh, two of them actually make it or, or have, have the eyes of the Lord. Their eyes are on the Lord. The other 10 are in fear. And so they go for 40 years of refinement before they actually get to step across into the promised land, uh, which is the position that the Lord had for them up front. Again, and here's, and here's what happens is when you look at the Israelites, the very thing, what would happen is they would, they would start to move in the right direction and then they'd start to grumble and complain. Over and over, it was the grumbling and complaining about the things that were in front of them that, that, that actually shut them down from moving into the assignment that they were called to. And, uh, and this is where we see people, I see it happen all the time. It's like you've gone around the mountain, and there you go again. <laughs> you get to go around the mountain again, and, and he, the Lord is so gracious that he will let you go around the mountain as many times as you need to go around the mountain. But I feel like we have some opportunities, and this is that place of as we humble ourselves before the Lord, um, He's going to begin to lift us up. It's in, a lot of it's in the pride, and it's in this, this position of self where what we do is we look at ourselves, and we go, I can't believe this is happening to me. Any of you done this? I can't believe that people would, like, that I'm struggling with all these things right now. And, uh, and it, what happens is that, that gaze, it's called navel gazing, we begin to look at ourselves, look at the, our own stuff. Um, <laughs> I can't throw my wife under the bus. Never mind. <laughs> it happens to all of us. I'm trying to think in my life. I know it happens. Uh, there's so many times where I, I'm just, I start to like, kind of wallow in my stuff and the Lord's like what are you doing 
I don't know. It just feels good. <laughs> you ever notice, like, you don't want, even though you know that it's, a, like, not a good place to be, you just kind of, like, want to sit in your muck? Like, just, Lord, just leave me alone. Let me just, let me just feel this pain for a while. And <laughs> the Lord's like, fine, do it. <laughs> do what you want. Tell me when you're ready to get out of that. Um, and, and what it actually is, is it's a place of pride in our own lives. It's, it's just that pride that, that rises up in us that, like, I need to feel sorry for myself. And, and sadly, this is one of the, I feel like one of the biggest things that actually keeps us from stepping into to assignments. And the Lord will refine us and refine us and refine us <laughs> until we're ready to step into the assignment. And, and this is why it's the grace of God, because if he were to go, all right, well, I'm just going to push him into that, uh, that's when, man, you're going you're gonna to just fall flat on your face. Um, we were talking earlier, just, you see David, and he went through the refining. But look at the, look at the king before that. You look at Saul, and there was no refining for him. He was anointed and then basically brought right into kingship. And, uh, and you see what happened to his life. Uh, and it's, it's, it, that's that example, I would say, of stepping into an assignment before you go through the refinement. Um, and it did not end well for Saul. Uh, so I want to just speak to one more thing and then actually maybe I should stop there. Um, well, no, I'm going to just, <laughs> you guys can just turn the mic off at any time because <laughs> I could talk and talk. <laughs> All right. I'm done. Steve, you're in trouble. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I love you, Steve. Wasn't serious. <laughs> um, you guys know the story of Gideon, but I just want you to see this in light of what I'm just sharing on. And and so you got this, you got the Israelites here who are oppressed, um, <laughs> oppressed by the Midianites, and and uh, they're crying out to the Lord. And so the Lord answers them by by going to Gideon, and he's like, Hey, mighty. He says, uh, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, he says to Gideon. And just kind of tell my version of the story here, but it's Gideon's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> I am not your mighty warrior. Not only that, he's like, I am, he says this, he says, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. So he's like, I'm like the lowest of the low. So you got the wrong guy. And, uh, and I would just speak to, I think this is going to speak to some of you, that you've actually discounted yourselves in this season too. Um, or what you've done is you've actually looked at yourself and said, well, I, I can't do that. And, uh, and again, this goes back to what I was saying about it's, it's not about you. It's about you walking in faith and going beyond anything you could ever do on your own. And each one of us are called to this. I guarantee you the Lord didn't go well, I made all these other people amazing, but I just kind of, uh, you'll just kind of sit on the sidelines because I didn't really have anything great for you. <laughs> the Lord created each one of us in such a unique way uh, to play such an amazing part 
in the kingdom. Now, that amazing part doesn't necessarily mean that you're all like up front and uh, the ones that everybody gets to see. And, and it's actually not the best place to be because I think those are the ones that those easiest to fall. Those are the ones where pride can come in. Um, but it's those, it's kind of like when you look at the body of Christ, we were talking about this in our staff meeting. Um, like you've got, you've got two eyes, ears, you know, you got your hands. You can, I could get my hand cut off or an eye poked out or an ear cut off and I'd be fine. But if I have something on my, on the inside, if I have like a, my, we were talking about like your digestion system, if that goes out, you're toast. <laughs> You're done. If your heart stops, you're out. You're done. And there's these inner parts that, that people don't necessarily see that are actually critically important. And you may be one of those parts um, where you might not be on the outside. But don't, don't discount yourself because you're like, ah, I'm, I'm kind of behind the scenes. Like, you're actually a critical part of, of the body of Christ. Um, and all we're to do is to play the part that we're supposed to play. That's it. Whatever part that is. And whatever part you have is the very best part. <laughs> uh, so Gideon's the one who's sitting here saying, uh, similar to Moses, he's like, Moses goes, I'm the guy who stutters. I can't, I can't lead a million people. Um, and Gideon's going, look, I'm the weakest. And the Lord's like, nope, you're the guy. I'm going to use you. And so he, he sets him up. He gives him the assignment. But then the next thing that he does is there's a, this is that place of refinement. And before he can actually do what he's called to do, the Lord has him do some other things. And this is that, he, what he tells him he needs to do is he needs to remove these idols. He needs to remove these things. And this is in our lives. When we're given assignments, I believe there are things, this is that purity part, where there are some things in our heart that we need to purify. There are some idols, there are some stuff that needs to get just kind of cleaned out, cleaned out of the house. There may be some hidden sins, things like that, that, um, man, don't allow those things to have access in your life. When the Lord wants to use you, it's an awesome thing. But allow Him to clean house. Allow Him to clear those things out. And this is where we walk so humbly before Him. And a lot of times I think we go, well, I, I can't do it. That's okay. You don't have to. What you're going to do is you're going to rely on the Holy Spirit who's going to be the strength that you have to actually come out of those things. And I think I would say this too, is exposing them to the light, especially sins, especially those hidden sins. As soon as you get them exposed, they lose their power. I know, like we were talking earlier, just pornography is such a big one. Inside and outside the church, it doesn't even matter. Uh, men and women. It's, it's, uh, and, it, and it will take people down and it will shut down assignments uh, yeah so I'll just leave it leave it at that but I, I just so Gideon actually did this he, te- he tore down it was his father's uh, altar to Baal he cut down the Asherah pole <laughs> the funny part was he said uh, it says so Gideon he took his ten servants and he did what the Lord told him to do but because he was afraid he did it at night rather than in the daytime. <laughs> kind of secretly went and cut these things down, and then in the morning, uh, they all realized that these things had been cut down, and uh, there's a whole story behind that. But he, he had to cut those things down 
before he could move into the, into the assignment. And then he goes and, and he, gets, he gets all the men, right? He gets 32,000 men to come alongside him, thinking this is what I need to do. And you guys know the story, so I'm going to just keep it short. But uh, the Lord takes it, and he whittles it all the way down to 300. And, and, and I love it, although I, I kind of hate it too, because I think this is what the Lord does in our own lives, is, is we're like, okay, God, I've got the assignment. I'm ready to go, and I'll take my 32,000 men, and I think we have a chance here. And the Lord goes, yeah, I don't, I don't really want you to have a chance. <laughs> so he wipes it, knocks it down to 10,000. And he's like, yeah, that's still not enough. He goes, he says something in here. Uh, yeah, he says this to Gideon. You have too many men for me to deliver Midian into your hands in order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her Announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. And that's when 22,000 men left. I brought it down to 10. Then he does it again, whittles it all the way down to 300, which meant that there was actually no chance for this assignment to work. But he had been in the refinement, and there was still some refining in there that you see that that the Lord took him through. Uh, But then he does it. He goes, and what's amazing is, I can't remember how many men he went up against. I haven't read this in a while. Um, Oh, 135,000. So, (laughs) this is crazy. You got 135,000 swordsmen against 300. And, And I won't go into it, but as you read through that, not one of the 300 was killed. And they took out 135,000. That's impossible in our own mind and in our own ways. But when God gives us the assignment, he actually gives us the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit and his angel armies and whatever is needed to complete the assignment as long as we walk in faith, trusting him, inquiring of the Lord, listening to him every moment of the way. And that refinement that we have to go into beforehand Just say yes to it. Allow him to do it as quickly as he possibly can. (laughs) Don't go around the mountain three, four times. And I believe the Lord's going to do amazing things. I believe we're all called to be that Gideon type of people where we're going to do things. It's like those that were around David. All like There were a number of them that killed more giants, bigger giants, more people. They did greater feats than David did. Uh, but they got, to, they got to see David do these things, and it brought them into a place of greater faith. They got to see how David walked before the Lord, and then they were like, oh, we can do this too. And I believe the Lord's calling us to be a people like that, that we're going to do amazing things with the Lord, not for our glory. And, and that's where it's, there was no, there's no boasting in this. All we do is we boast in Jesus. Uh, but we get, to, and, and that's where, man, we got to get rid of our pride got to get rid of anything. I think we have to be so careful. What I see is like sometimes like when people do great things, then they go write books about it and sell the books. Or they go become speakers about it and, and now they, you know, and promote themselves. And I think the Lord is just looking for a people that are so contrite in spirit, so humble, 
that it's not about us in any way. We don't use this for our glory in any way. And I believe there will be amazing things that we get to do in this coming season. We are about to move into a season like we have never experienced before. It is right around the corner. I, I, I'm telling you, there's something just stirring in my heart, and I have no idea what it is. <laughs> but I know it's going to be good. So I just, Dan, will you come up and just pray, speak into this? Hold out your hands in front of you. Just close your eyes. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless you. Let's just invite his presence. so much that's God has reminded me of coming out of a season where last year in April he said to me he said son I need you to get your heart before me he said I'm about to call you to do some things that are going to be bigger than you he said if you don't get your heart before me get your heart established the possibility of you telling me no is going to be great come out of a season of brokenness where the Lord had been reminding me where I had lost a lot of my memory back in the beginning of 2020. And he reminded me yesterday of something that I had completely forgotten about. I never talked about. Mike was the first person other than my wife that I shared with today. When I was in rehabilitation trying to get my legs to get working again, something was happening on my body where all of the skin on my body was coming off. I was utterly embarrassed. I couldn't explain it to the nurses and to the doctor. All of my skin on my body was going all over the floor. They had to come in and sweep it up twice a day and I was like, Lord, what is going on with me? I'm utterly falling apart. And he didn't speak. He just said, son, stay in my presence. I'm doing a new thing in you. Stay in my presence. For nine, ten days, I just spent in his presence. I didn't want any visitors. I didn't want, I didn't have any TV going. I just prayed nonstop. As God began to give me the message that I'm to carry right now. And it was manifested on Sunday, the anointing to prepare the way of the Lord. And I had an injured reserve mentality where I felt broken for such a season. Because in 2018, I got prophesied over that I was about to be sent all over the nation and into the nations preparing the way of the Lord. And a month later, my life came crushing into a side of a mountain as God said, I'm going to build a structure in you to be able to handle and to stand underneath my glory. And he spoke to me, you're not going to understand in this season of brokenness. And I'm not going to reveal to you what I'm doing. 
but you have to trust me. And I found out something about God. The one thing that he is after in us is this. He wants your trust. My wife and I have been talking about the process of Israel. Why would God ask Israel in a seven-day process to take a city when God could have taken that city in the first five minutes of them approaching the city? He did it for one reason, was to drive the unbelief out of Israel. He needed them to wrestle with the issues of their past within the seven days. He was not going to allow them to see one ounce of movement in the walls for seven days and six times around on the seventh day. There was no movement. There was no cracks. There was nothing. And he ordered them to not speak because he didn't want a murmuring, complaining heart to come out of them, exposing their unbelief. Why would God stretch them? And then why would he give them a subtle whisper in the beginning when the two spies came back and said, We've, there's the report, the people are afraid in the city. For God, that was enough for his people to respond in obedience. And many of us in this room have had slight, subtle nudges of the Lord. And then the enemy comes in the same way he did Eve. Did God really say this to you? He's going to come and try to bring unbelief into your heart in this next season of your assignment. And I told Mike today, I'm seeing things right now and I'm hearing reports of other people. It feels like a $5 investment is bringing a million dollar return. Those last several meetings that I've been seeing, I was like, Lord, I did not pray enough to see this kind of a response. It seems like in the past there was like an equal relationship to the amount of intercession that I would put into a meeting of fasting and praying, there would be a breakthrough at that level. And God always brought a little bit more. This time, I, sit, I sat back and I said, Lord, this is much bigger than me right now. He goes, you're right. The time is short. You bring your $5 and I'm going to release my glory and my kingdom breakthrough. Tell my people to get prepared because the day we are in right now, we have never been here before. And I need my people consecrated. I need them set apart in my presence. I need them to have a penual moment. I need them to push everything across the other side of that river at the Jabbok, the place of breaking. And I need the Jacobs to wrestle with me all night long because I want to touch them in the hollow. I want them to walk differently because I'm about to rename my people from ankle grabber to one who contends with God. And the encounter that Jacob had was so powerful, he didn't want to call it the Jabbok. He said, I'm going to call it and rename it Penuel, the place where God meets man face to face. That's the season we're in right now. Pastor Mike has spoken to the staff. They're calling for a five-day fast starting on the 7th. It is going to be a release of the five days. God said, I'm going to give my people a new grace because we've been in two years of a winnowing season where we have been on the threshing floor as God has winnowed our hearts and has been throwing up the worthless and the vain and the idle into the wind and has been blown away by the Spirit of God. And what's remained is what God is going to use. And many, many people in the house of God have been in the winnowing of their lives. Me personally, I'm utterly grateful for the time of the pressing.
because it was produces the new wine, wow. the crushing. If we don't get crushed, the new wine of His presence cannot flow. And many of us have been crushed, and the Lord is saying, I need you now to leave the grieving of the crushing. I need you to take a fresh breath, and I need you to believe that these walls are coming down. And I don't want you to remind, God's saying this to you, I don't want you to remind me of what didn't happen in the past. It's time to believe that these walls are going to come down. And God says, I'm going to test you in a seven-day period, and you're going to march around these walls faithfully if you see a crack or not. And on the sixth time around, you will come around the walls on that seventh time, and you will believe me for breakthrough. And God says, and I will press these walls into the ground and you will possess the city. Do you want to know why Achan took up the garment that caused the defeat to Ai? It wasn't because of greed. It wasn't because he wanted to cash that, that garment in for money. It was because he didn't trust God for the provision. Because God says, you give me the fruit of this first city, and you can possess the rest and keep it all. But the first belongs to me. Because God is driving unbelief out of the heart of his people and he's saying I need you to get before me for these five days I need you in prayer and in fasting for what I'm about to use you in will blow your mind and if you don't get your heart before God the possibility of telling God no is great God wants a yes out of us you're going to bring your five dollars to the table and God will blow you away there's going to be a great weeping in the house of God, not of sorrow, but a weeping of the goodness of God. Lord, you are too great. You are too good for us. You are too merciful, and you are too kind. 20 years of brokenness, and now I'm standing, and I'm seeing the glory and the goodness of God in the land of the living as God is pouring signs and wonders through your life without measure. That's the time that we're in right now. And God says, I need my people to believe me Get out from underneath unbelief. Yes, yes, yes. God says it's time to stop holding the past before him. That's why he stretched Israel. I'm going to drive 40 years of slavery out of you, or 40 years of wandering, and 400 years of slavery out of you in one moment. If you're stuck, God says, I have a power to deliver you. For five days, we're going to get before God on the seventh of this of this this next week, and we're going to get before God, and we're going to say, "Lord, we've been winnowed. Now send your fire upon the altar." The three things that God said: I'm going to winnow my people. I'm going to release the fire on the altar, and then I'm going to send my glory. I truly believe. I keep having these experiences where I feel like the ground is moving hearing the Lord saying everything is about to change everything is shifting God says we have never been this way before and the Lord needs us to shake ourselves awake Isaiah 64 I believe it's verse 6 or verse 7 the prophet is saying is there anyone who can stir themselves up and take a hold of you you know, one thing about at the cross, the one thing that we did not lose was our free will at the contact of grace. When we said yes to Jesus, we lost our sin, we lost our iniquity, all the past issues, 
were not just covered over, they were removed from us. But what was left back in place was a free will, the ability to choose life or death. And God is saying, I want my people to choose life. I want them to cross over this river. I want a consecrated, set-apart people for my glory. We're about to take land that we've never taken before. I'm telling you, the nations of the earth are about to reel to and fro where men don't know their right hand from their left. And the glory of God is coming upon many of you in this room. And the many of you in this room will see thousands come into the kingdom in the days ahead. We've not been this way before. So, Lord, we declare, we thank you for the grace in the five days to get fully delivered of unbelief, fully delivered of any lukewarmness that's been our hearts. We're after one thing, God. We want to be burning. We are not at all satisfied with the lukewarm life. It nauseates you, so therefore it nauseates us. Make us burning. Let the idle sticks of our heart be lit on fire. And may we burn for you, Lord. So we declare in the name of Jesus, these walls, they're coming down. Victory. And I was in prayer yesterday. And the Lord reminded me, he said, Dan, you remember when all your skin came off and you were embarrassed and they were having to clean your floor twice a day? And I told her, remembered, he said, son, do you remember the story of the molting of the eagle? When the eagle loses all of its feathers and the other eagles have to come minister to this eagle with food because it loses all ability. And it's at a high place. He said, son, I took you up to a high place. I took all your abilities. I took away the, the abilities to walk and to move. And I caused you to be completely dependent upon me. Because what I put back upon you is new eyes, and new feathers, and ability to go higher than you've ever been before, faster and effortlessly. Because it's a new day for my people. I've molted my people. My people are broken. They've been crushed before me. Tell my people they're about to cross over, and they've never been this way before. I will do great and mighty things that they know not of. So, Lord, we thank you for the grace of God. We thank you, Lord. We declare over Colorado, this state will be known in the days ahead that people all over this nation can know if we can drive to Colorado, there's a canopy of glory. We declare in Jesus' name your kingdom, the place that you rule and reign. We declare our heart's desire at this location, a place that you have been wanting to see, Will this house give themselves to me so I can touch an entire region? We declare Colorado for your glory. We declare Colorado for your glory. In the same way, God, in Jesus' name. We declare Colorado for your glory. So, Lord, as you're doing a work in us, as you're burning us so deep, Lord, we declare a grace to pray and a grace to seek your face like we've never had before. Father, as we get into your face and get into your presence, we ask you, Lord, for a renaming. And we ask you for a touch from you that causes us to walk differently the rest of our lives. Lord, we bless your name. We declare King Jesus rules and reigns over this state. 
Father, right now you are pursuing every pastor that has lost their way. God, you are about to harvest out of every denomination. We thank you, Lord, for a sweeping revival in Colorado like we've never seen before. Unprecedented, like you did in Cane Ridge, Kentucky, where you begin to explode, God, in so many souls. We declare your glory and your revival upon this state. Father, I bless the leadership of this house. Father, I bless Pastor Mike and Christy. Father, I declare that their ears would be so sensitive to your voice. When you say turn left and when you say turn right. Father, we thank you for this Moses. We declare strength upon Pastor Mike and Christy and over his entire family. Father, we declare a wall of fire around this church and around the staff and around families. We declare that there's no possible weapon fashioned or formed against this house that will be able to prosper. We declare that anything that would try to rise up will fall in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare in Jesus' name that this house is under your governance. Father, we bless the rock. We declare coming into this season fasting and consecration. You're doing in such a quick work, such a powerful thing. We bless it in the name of Jesus. Just hold your hands out. Just say, Lord, I ask you to wash me of unbelief. Drive it out of me. Give me the ability to stop looking back. In fact, everybody here, just look over your right shoulder as far as you can. Look over your left shoulder. Look over your right shoulder one more time. I feel led to say this and look right here. God says that's the last time we're looking back. That's it. No more. I heard this months ago quietest among us will see hundreds saved. There was a moment in Argentina they said where the kingdom of God came into Argentina they can't explain it but literally God took over entire cities that months earlier were so cursed with Masonic spirits they could not grow crops they they couldn't grow grass they couldn't grow crops and just a handful of small pastors, Carlos Anacondia, or, or Claudio Fritzen, had a very small ministry. A man of prayer pastoring not even a hundred people. And the power of God began to stir in their cities. And they said all of a sudden, this momentum of the Spirit, it was so beyond man that took place. My pastor went there for two weeks. He came back so wrecked. He said, I've never been to a place where people ran and fell at my feet asking me how to be saved. He said, Dan, they were doing it by the 10s, 20s, 30s, 50s a day. We're hitting his legs and he was laying hands on these Argentinians. It was happening by the thousands. They said God invaded the cities of Argentina so much so that one of the pastors, his name was Del Roberts, pastors of the Denver Tech Center. He was also an engineer, very administrative, did not have a heart for the things of the Spirit. Thank God your pastor does. He went to Argentina and got so unraveled and so undone, came back and his church broke out in revival. We're about to see things, and then the curse was broken off the land. They said they were pulling carrots out of the ground the size of men's legs in, in places they could not grow crops because when heaven comes, he blesses everything.
And we're about to have those kind of moves of God here. And I keep hearing the Lord say, you've got to get your eyes off of the past and the little advancements that you saw. I'm about to do things so exponentially powerful. And that's what I've seen the last few weeks. I'm going, Lord, I prayed a lot for this meeting, but not this much. This is, this is you. I, I can't, you can't do this. And I went over to the side, and I had a vision several months ago of a pastor weeping, going, God, you're too good for me. What just happened? He said, Dan, that's you, because I was on the side of the stage weeping. Lord, what are you doing? He said, I'm about to move this way for my people. Tell my people to get ready, because Israel never saw these walls come crushing down. They first saw it right here. The city was laid bare before them. God says, get the unbelief out of your heart. Build the altar. Let the fire of God come. We've got five days to set ourselves apart. Lord, I just bless this fast. Lord, let a supernatural grace come upon us to turn aside unto you like Corey said on Sunday. That there's a fire, a bush burning with fire, not being consumed. And you didn't speak, Lord, until Moses turned aside. I declare over the rock, this whole house will turn aside unto the Lord. This next week, the rock will turn aside to you, Lord. For you were about to speak. Lord, I declare in the five days, lay waste to the pride of our hearts. In the next five days, lay waste to our unbelief. In that five days, lay waste to any iniquity. Lord, we declare that we're going to stand upon our bloodline, and it's going to be blessed seven generations down and seven generations up. Lord, we declare every hang-up, any iniquity in the heart, any bent that seems unrighteous, we declare there's going to be a blowing wind of the Spirit upon our hearts in the name of Jesus. And in the five days of being consecrated and set apart, Lord, we declare that we shall be marked with fresh new assignments, but more than that, fresh anointings upon our life as we go face to face with you. Lord, we declare such an atmosphere of intimacy with you, a knowing you like we've never known before, to know you, Lord, is our deepest heart's desire just to know you. So Lord, we thank you for the encounters that are coming. We bless it in the name of Jesus. Would you guys just stand up? And if you're not, if you're, all, if you're sitting by yourself, just come get next to somebody else and grab a hand. Just grab the hand of somebody else. Gonna have my dad just pray here. Just gonna, as we hold hands, we're just gonna pray as we close here. I just feel like my dad's just gonna release just a blessing and and pray over us as we get to go into this new season. And I want to encourage you. We're gonna we're gonna be moving into five days of fasting, uh, starting this coming Monday. We're gonna go through Friday. Uh, and whatever you can do, I just feel like this is a time we're going to consecrate ourselves. We're going to set ourselves apart on the Lord. Um, there's nothing more important than just getting before the Lord and, uh, and getting his plan in this season, getting what he wants to do right now. And, and we are in a, we're in a very interesting time. But I just, I just encourage you in this. Don't take this lightly. We're going to need these times of getting this oil, of getting 
so closely connected with him of knowing where we're supposed to go, do, <laughs> where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed to do and the assignment that we have for these coming days, months, and years. So let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we sang that song, Refiner's Fire. Lord, we invite the Refiner's Fire, which sometimes doesn't feel good, but the end result is great. So, Lord, as we go into this next week, Lord, we look to you. We lay everything down. We don't know exactly what's going to transpire, even in our own lives. But we say, Lord, have your way. I want you to say that with me on three. One, two, three. Have your way. Say it again. Have your way. One more time. Have your way. Lord, we consecrate ourselves unto you. We give ourselves to you. Lord, doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are. Lord, we thank you that each person plays a vital part. And so, Lord, we are excited, even though we don't know exactly what's coming, but we're excited. And we give you the glory tonight, and I speak a great blessing over each and every person here, over their families, over everything they put their hand to. And I thank you, Father, as we go forth in you. We look forward to this exciting time. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Hallelujah.